Hey Megs, this is Marion and you're listening to Megs Moments, a podcast about all things related to entrepreneurship, millennials, business, and pop culture. This is episode number 33. Hey everyone, I hope you are all doing well, staying safe, staying healthy, of course socially distancing and wearing your mask during this time. On today's episode of Megs Moments, I am joined by Betsy D, a recruiter, ITHR specialist, and entrepreneur. Betsy talks about adaptability, the future of tech, and the value of networking. Enjoy. And without further ado, I would like to welcome Betsy to the podcast. Welcome, Betsy. Welcome. Thank you. Woo-woo. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I love the energy. I love the energy. I know I was saying uh, right before this that it has taken us a while to get here, but we are finally here. Busy schedules, lots going on, but I am so glad that you have been able to join me on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, of course. Okay, Betsy. So without wasting any more time, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, what do you do for work? Where do you work if you're willing to share that? And uh, yeah, just give us a, a quick overview of what it is you do. Yeah, uh, so thanks for asking. So my name is Betsy, Betsy D, and um, I'm actually one of the managers for campus engagement and new grads. So it's a new position that I recently acquired. Um, Congrats. So um, thank you. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, My role really is just, um, I guess, like a platform for me to connect with students or students who are about to complete school even those who have gone through a certification program and connect them to the right roles at RBC. So yes, I work at RBC, uh, which we like to consider ourselves as a FinTech company. And the area that I specifically specialize in is in technology and operations. So I'm only dealing with students in tech programs or who have acquired a tech certification. I would definitely Mm -hmm. say there is more of a, a demand for those in cybersecurity. And now really there's a, a push for a lot more women to get into computer science. So I'm really awesome. excited about the changes and what my mandate entails. And I just can't wait to connect with students really. That is amazing. And it's so interesting because obviously like as you initially started explaining what it is you do, I'm sure a lot of people would not have expected you to mention the RBC part, (laughs) which is kind of like what they're a bank. This is throwing me off a little bit. What's happening here? But I think this is something that we'll eventually get into as we continue our conversation. Like it, it's just showing the importance of tech in all types of spaces, no matter where you work. eh? That's right. Yep. Tech is going to be everywhere. Yep. Give it about five to 10 more years and all jobs will be infused with tech. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. So a little bit of, uh, I guess, a lot of what it is you you do kind of relates to or is largely based on human resources. Can you, so can you just give us a little bit more insight to what human resources actually is <laughs> and why it matters for businesses, whether they're big or small? Very good question. So when people come up to me and they're like, oh, Betsy is the HR lady. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not the <laughs> HR lady. However, I work in talent strategy and that's really to, like I said, acquire the best talent for the bank. We work on different projects to attract talent. It's a lot of logistics that get into it. Um, but HR in general is really about the human perspective and how we deal with issues and, and really about the people right? Mm -hmm. People that we serve, whether you're an employee, an external candidate, a customer, 
it's the people that we want to make sure that we are catering to. And, and that's what it mm-hmm. is. Like every business, yeah. you have to consider your customer base, your client base, and you want to make sure that everyone is satisfied. So I would consider HR to be the internal business function of that. Mm-hmm. And that's so very important, the human side of it. I think oftentimes when people think business, they're like eyes are on money and products, but they forget about the importance of the humans um, involved, whether it be the people working for you or the people that you're creating products and services for. So you clearly have a very important job. And just again, kind of hearing you describe what human resources is, it makes me wonder, uh, Betsy, as a child, were you really into kind of like communicating with people? Were you very like caring? What were what were you like? <laughs> Um, you know what? I was very outgoing. Um, I was that type of girl that wanted to get into television. So I I did that as a program in school, actually. So, Mm -hmm. um, a very outgoing, a very dramatic, very, like I really and truly considered myself a superstar and I'm not trying to brag, but like, I'm just being honest with you. I thought I would see myself on TV. I love the confidence. <laughs> I thought I would see myself on TV because I like to act and I like all the artsy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And so again, like a bit of my role right now does encompass some of those things that I've always wanted to do. I'm just not on the television screen, but we do have a lot of public appearances in other ways like this. So Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I would say that was me in a nutshell as a child pretty active that's awesome cool so then uh, would you say you were I guess you were kind of the same in high school when it came to like schoolwork what were you kind of more geared towards were you like okay we're doing more drama theater Hmm. poli like what what kind of courses would you say were your strong suit that's a really good question so English was not my strong suit um I was really good in math Math was pretty up there. Law was up there as well. Um, surprisingly, not the social sciences. But one thing I will say that remained consistent is that I like to solve problems. And I mm-hmm. like to express myself using my body, aka dancing. So mm-hmm. we in high school, we had to choose extracurricular courses that were also marked as one of our mandatory um mandatory courses and I chose dance as one of my electives so I had a really really good time it was a great time for me and other classmates to unwind from a long stressful school day but, yeah um, <laughs> um, I really enjoyed those opportunities where I was focused you know with the math work the English work and then I was able to let myself go through dance mm-hmm. that's so exciting and so creative what was your favorite dance style I would say oh ask me some really good questions um (laughs) hip-hop okay cool that's cool that's cool if this wasn't a podcast I would have had you um do a little dance for us but (laughs) you've been saved today so cool so again you described all of the awesome cool things that you were into your personality when you were a child but at what point do you think you recognized that you wanted to work in this type of uh people-oriented human resources based uh type of space Well, there is a bit of a long story behind it, but in a nutshell, I remember I was literally geared to get into television broadcasting and I confided in one of my family friends. His wife was in television broadcasting and she's black. And he's like, so Betsy, what are you looking to do after school? And I'm like, well, I want to get into television broadcasting, just using my confidence and really making it known that, you know, I could do anything really. And... Mm -hmm. 
he really, and I know this wasn't intentional, but he really shattered my dreams. Um, he was very confident to say, you're not going to make it in the industry because of your skin color. And not to deviate from your initial question, but he was right in certain, certain aspects. I feel, you know, 10 years ago, that would have been true, right? Now, maybe not sure, so yeah. much. I'm seeing progress in the television industry where they're being more representative of BIPOC communities. But um, mm. yeah, after we had that conversation, literally I sat down and I was like, okay, so if that doesn't work out, how am I going to make money? I, I need to figure this out. I had dreams to go to New York City and get the hustle on after hearing a lot of celebrities and their story. Um, right. and, and so when that didn't pan out for me, I decided to pivot, right? And so I picked up another major in labor relations. And that's when I realized, okay, you know what, Betsy, you're, you're very people oriented. So why not use that skill set and figure out how you'll be able to um, demonstrate that in the workplace and how you can make change, right? So that's really what it was mm -hmm. for me. And, and I'm happy that I have the blend of television broadcasting and labor relations as my majors, because you need communication everywhere you go. You need have For presentation sure. skills wherever you go. So these are all great um, tools that I acquired in school, and and now I'm using them in my job today. So I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And thank you so much for sharing that with us, because like you did mention 10 years ago, 110 percent like that would have definitely been an industry where you would see a small number of uh, women of color working in that space. And it's interesting that you say that I actually read an article um, by I believe her name is Kathleen Newman. She works at uh, Refinery 21 mm -hmm. and she was even talking about her experience. There's been a lot of uh, black women lately who have been sharing on on social media as well as on live TV the reality of what their experiences have been like trying to work in that particular industry. And I think another thing that I really enjoyed about that story that you just shared is the reminder that we're all kind of adaptable. So even you just understanding that though maybe the initial route that you wanted was not going to work out, you were kind of asking yourself, how do we find another course to eventually do things that you, something that you still love that will still allow you to kind of uh, bring that amazing energy that you have and be able to help that's people. Right. So I think that's extremely wonderful that you were able to make that pivot. That's great. So you finish university, you finish your program. Um, you worked a, a few uh, jobs actually prior to the one that you do now. Which job or role would you say uh, prior to this one have really prepared you for your current role? Ooh. <laughs> um, I'm going to say when I was a bank teller. Wow. Yeah. I'll tell you why. So being a bank teller requires you to be customer focused. You need to have confidence. You need to know how to communicate. <laughs> you need to have patience. You have to um, adopt a growth mindset. There's a lot of soft skills, right, that you would have to acquire. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also sales involved, right? Yeah. Uh, so that requires convincing and building rapport and relationships and all this good stuff that many people don't know about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, you just made bank telling sound so multifaceted. That was <laughs> yes, yes. And so um, I think starting at as a teller, it really prepared me for a lot of the future jobs that I obtained. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's important. And so what would you say is your favorite thing about your current role? Well, definitely the students, like I said. So students hold a special place in my heart because 
I struggled. I really struggled in school, um, middle school, mm -hmm. high school, university. It was just all a struggle. Um, and, <laughs> and when I saw myself challenging and beating the odds with the help of my professors and friends who were willing to help me, whether it be my homework or an assignment or just you know, just to get acquainted, right, with those folks around you, it really, really mm -hmm. helped me build confidence. Um, when you're choosing courses that are quote unquote for the smart folks, right, it really damages your ego, number one, and your self-confidence. And so again, throughout my entire school history, I just never had that confidence that I was able to do it. But when I look at other people, those are the, the ones that, those who have graduated, those who have acquired um, professional roles, I look at them and I'm like, okay, well, you know what? If they can do it, I can do it too. So if I can be that pillar or that example to these students and new graduates who are looking for a sense of, a sense of hope, um, just someone to talk to, someone who understands them, I really wanna be that person to help them uh, segue into the career force. Yeah. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so in addition to uh, you being in this awesome role and working with these wonderful students, you're actually involved in an entrepreneurial venture yourself. Uh, what has that experience been like and how has your experience in HR been beneficial to this, to this venture? Yes, yeah, so that's something that just kicked off recently. Um, I, I just added and opened a new business in skin, skincare. Congratulations. Thanks, Marion. And it's been great. Um, how does it relate to HR? How am I able to use my HR skills? Yeah. Humanizing the conversations, right? Why is it important mm -hmm. to take care of your skin? People want people want to understand what your products are doing for you and why I should invest in it, right? Um, yeah. And so I definitely feel that being an HR and understanding the needs of people and why people are looking to get into certain roles and how you're able to uh, position certain positions for others to acquire, like there's just so many different uh, aspects to it. I would say more mm -hmm. so from a, the communication side because there's sales involved, right? When you're opening a business, yeah. um, that has really helped me more than the HR side. But um, generally speaking, the both of them combined have, have really elevated my ability to connect with my consumer base and understand who mm -hmm. my target audience is and what they need in order to look and feel yeah, good. That's so important. Well, again, congrats on being an entrepreneur that is... Isn't it such a good feeling to be like, hey, listen, I've got this thing going for me. Like, this is my baby. I'm working on it and I'm able to do something that kind of connects with people. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks, Marion. And I, I know you do some entrepreneurial work as well, right? Mm-hmm. How's that been for you? I'm gonna flip the script. Wow, you really, you really got me there. Um, <laughs> it's no, it's been it's been good. I think uh being an entrepreneur has really taught me the value of myself i think one of the trickiest things uh especially when you've been a student for a long time you know you go to university um and everybody's always kind of like we're building you up to be like the best employee you can be and then yeah. you kind of get to a space where like so much mm -hmm. of what you do and how you're looking to validate yourself is based on like what your boss says about you or what your colleagues are saying about you or the skills that you're picking up 
And I think in venturing into being an entrepreneur, so a lot of what I do is kind of focused on helping other entrepreneurs figure out how to build and and kind of like brand themselves. It's been so rewarding. Yeah, it's been very rewarding to kind of... um, feel like I'm somebody else's cheerleader. It's, it's, it, I don't know if that makes any sense. Like, I feel like I'm that person that's in somebody else's corner that's able to provide certain skills and like encouragement to help them like make their businesses that much better. So I guess at the end of the day, all I can really say is that this has been 110% rewarding. And even hosting the podcast has been a great opportunity for me to meet so many other awesome entrepreneurs who have just done nothing but inspire me. But yeah, no, it's, 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 yeah, definitely rewarding is, is probably the, the, the biggest thing that I would say this has been thus far. Wow. You really switched up on me. I did. And you know, <laughs> when you mentioned something that was so um, impactful and, and, and worth mentioning that it's rewarding, mm-hmm. even in, as an employee, you're working a job or if you're an entrepreneur, if your work is not rewarding, it really becomes a dread. You, you know, you're just not in it, right? Um, you got to find what's your niche and what you're mm-hmm. good at and see if you can capitalize off of it. And even if you can't, that is okay too. Helping people find careers, helping people navigate life. Um, you know, like what you're doing, you're helping entrepreneurs find their niche and mm-hmm. be able to brand themselves. These are all critical skills that a lot of people um, need help with. So right. that's fantastic. Thank you so much. So oh, that was, I, wow. I've, I've never really been interviewed before. That was awesome. Well, Thank you for asking that, that question. Television broadcasting, right? <laughs> You're ready to go. I love it. Thank you so much. So um, initially when we started uh, today's episode, we kind of dibbled and dabbled into the value of, or the growth of the tech industry. So I want us to kind of um, weasel our way into that particular conversation and then just HR in general in this particular space. So what is the growth of the, the tech industry revealed to us about innovation and adaptability of small businesses, especially during the pandemic? Great question. So one thing I will say is conventionally, a lot of businesses didn't see the value of working from home. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to use that as an example. Now that we've entered in this pandemic, it's really forced change on a lot of businesses, even businesses who have claimed to be extremely adaptable and flexible with work-life balance. So that's where HR comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely say that technology is disrupting a lot of positions. Okay. Uh, so it's very important for people to maybe pay close attention as to the type of roles that they would like to pursue further. And also to really leverage the benefits of working from home too, because you do have flexibility to you know, kind of work around the clock. But then at the same time, I think it also offers another element of freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can structure your days accordingly. You can do whatever you need to do. But regardless, technology is the way of the future and definitely something to consider when it comes to work, um, jobs that you're looking to acquire. It's, it's, changing, it's, it's changing the world rapidly. And we need to pay attention to a lot of these changes because that that's that's just the way of the future. A hundred percent. And even in kind of hearing you um, in that response, like, are there any types of, I guess, skills or like things that people should be like anything in particular that we should be picking up in terms of skill set to help us maximize as as the world tech turns into a, a very more like tech based space? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. So uh, I think I mentioned this earlier about there being a demand for cyber professionals. Mm-hmm. 
cybersecurity, even for myself, is, is a passion of mine. And because we're driving more towards a virtual um, technology space, more and more people are on the internet. More and more people are using web-based applications. So that means we need people to secure that, right? Whether it be firewalls or just, you know, someone being able to look at the coding, making sure that everything's aligned, no hacking, all that stuff that, that goes in with, with technology and all the problematic errors that come along with it. That's why we need cyber professionals. So even um, maybe looking into getting a Coursera course, um, you know, sign up for a free course or a paid course and kind of brush up on your knowledge when it comes to technology and see how you can contribute in that space with your existing skills. One thing I will say that will never, ever leave is soft skills, right? Having soft skills means you have that growth mindset, which is important in connection to technology because technology changes. So that means we also have to adapt to those changes and, right. and take ourselves along with the process. So that's how I'll answer your question. Okay, that's awesome. I, I love to hear that. And again, you, you did mention that um, technology is essentially kind of disrupting the way we, we've been used to doing things. I think the pandemic as well has kind of disrupted that yeah. thing. And I think there may be people who are even questioning the um, maybe the feasibility of their current jobs or the stability of their current jobs. Should people considering acquiring us uh, consider acquiring a second job in technology uh, since tech is kind of like creating this disruption? Hmm. I got to think about this one a little bit. I would say yes and no. So there's ways that you can um, incorporate technology into your side businesses. Mm -hmm. For example, if you know, you're selling clothes. I mean, I wouldn't advise to open a shop, but do what your money works for, right? right. Um, maybe host it online, right? Because a lot of people have now migrated to online shopping, mm -hmm. right? You did have a good percentage there, but now that's increased. So maybe adopting that. Um, what else would I say? I would say... Again, going back to the courses, just brushing up your knowledge on that, um, maybe enrolling into schools that mm -hmm. can offer a one-year program. I know a lot of adults have been doing that because they know that technology is the way of the future. So preparing yourself for what's to come. And one thing we also need to understand is even though you may have a niche skill in, in one area, try and find ways where you can pick up other skills, like upskill, right? right? Upskill yeah. yourself. Just like life, you, you got to learn, right? Mm -hmm. So staying traditional is, is not going to help. Um, talk to other people. LinkedIn is a great networking platform. Um, there's also other external clubs or, or groups, if you will, like Black Professionals and Technology Network, CoffP. There's so many different networking platforms that have now migrated to virtual mm -hmm. um, capacity. So getting yourself involved, speaking to other people and um, looking to see what's out there and, and what you can do in order to find a plan B. A hundred percent. And I'm glad that you mentioned the, uh, the end part of that uh, response in terms of LinkedIn and networking, because I think um, at, like always, whenever you're in school, they're always telling you about the value of kind of like reaching out to people or like building a network for yourself. But I don't think it's something that people really understand the value of until you're maybe like looking for your first job and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know anybody. What am I going to do? I don't even actually understand some of these jobs that I'm looking at. Like, what do they mean? And I think people often are kind of like, okay, let's go to a networking event, but they don't understand what networking actually means or the people that they're reaching out to are essentially looking for. So what what would you say are some key things that professionals um, or job seekers should know about networking? 
Great, thank you so much, Marianne. Um, know who you're speaking to. I think that's that's a good mm -hmm. start because mm -hmm. that first impression, <laughs> you can only get that once, mm -hmm. right? The first uh, 10 to 20 seconds that you have when you're inquiring about something, know who you're speaking to and ask them questions about, you know, what they do and what they're doing and how it impacts, you know, the business function that they're they're supporting. Um, and that way they can see your interest in them, too, because right. that also plays a part in networking. Um, massaging the person that you're speaking to, but again, like really indicating the type of positions that you would like to contribute to. Mm -hmm. Number two, I would say um, go there with intention. If you have a purpose um, and you know what you're looking for, stick to that, right? Um, be open to speaking to other people. I find that sometimes when people go to networking events, they come with their friends, they stick with their friends. Right. So branch out of that circle, go talk to someone else you've never met because that same person that you, you know, you're getting to know can know somebody else, right? right. So it's, it's really, it's a ripple effect, right? And, and again, it's all about being prepared and coming with intention. Don't come with your resume. Like people are not holding onto paper anymore. Everything's becoming mm -hmm. digitalized. So yeah. use your LinkedIn, make sure your LinkedIn is polished. And that way, when someone goes, can I see your LinkedIn? they can see your resume and a lot of the accomplishments you've been able to achieve. So I would say those are probably the key things. Um, and it's very general lies that I, of how I provided it to you because every networking event has their own topic that they discuss, right? Their own purpose. Mm -hmm. so I think these are general, um, I guess, principles that can help guide a successful um, conversation. Mm-hmm, 100%. So you guys heard it here first. Make sure you're setting, you're, you're creating a good impression and do your research or homework. Thank you so much for that response. <laughs> um, so, well, and, and just kind of hearing everything that you just said about how busy you are as a recruiter. And then again, knowing that you're um, an entrepreneur and I'm sure that you have other things going on in your life. How do you kind of find a way to relax or how do you find balance? What is balance? <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> You're not um, the first one to say that. Don't worry about it. Like, but yeah, like, no, or, or I guess like what, what, what do you, how do you create spaces for yourself to kind of like relax in the craziness of it all? Yeah. So I would tell you that as soon as COVID hit within the first and a half month, I was, I was hot. It was fire. It was mm. fire on my computer. It was fire in my head. My hands were on fire <laughs> because I did not know how to structure my days. I right. felt like I was up at 8 a.m. and going to bed at 11 o'clock, just working throughout the day. And it's still like that now. However, I've learned to block out multiple times throughout my day. So I do not book meetings back to back anymore. Love it. Even, however, it, there are times when I kind of have to accommodate that. I don't have a choice, but mm -hmm. if it's something that I have control over, I will not book it back to back because I do need that breather. Secondly, if you're a parent that has a child, that time to yourself is critical because they also need attention and look mm -hmm. at how the dynamic changed for them. They, they don't have, you know, friends that they can see as much. Um, they're home all day long. And so, I had, I struggled in realizing, oh my goodness, this might be an issue for my own child, right? Who, who's dealing with this pandemic um, differently than me, but still struggling. And sure. so 
he's struggling, I'm struggling, and we're all, we're both struggling. But I think you know, as time has gone on, I've been able to um, just really leverage the the free time that. RBC provides to their employees to be able to structure their days that works for you. So if you're mm. good in the mornings and you can plow out your work, afternoons you might need that time to yourself with your kids, et cetera, or just to unwind. And then in the evening, you got to get back on. That's your eight hours right there, right? right? No time is being compromised. You're still being able to drive quality work. So that's advice I would give. That's awesome. And I, I'm glad you mentioned like two particular things in there. I, I think one of them is the importance of you kind of creating or giving giving yourself that um, ability to kind of create that space for you. And then also working um, for a company or an organization that also understands the value of giving their, their employees right. like, the ability to kind of have that space. So very important things to think of when you are either starting thinking of starting a business that's going to have employees or when you want to work in a place. So that's that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so let's get back into the topic, I guess, a little bit more about HR. You said a lot of your job is kind of helping students find their fit, especially within the organization that you work in. Mm -hmm. So let's say somebody has been working there for a while um, as a uh, the person doing the role that you do, or maybe some of your other colleagues, like what are ways to encourage employee growth? Because you don't want somebody to just join your company and they may mm -hmm. come off like being like the number one student, but you, you don't want them to just kind of plateau the minute they join your organization. So how do you encourage their growth? Good question. So first of all, um, I'm an advocate of career growth, like I think everyone should be, and I'm also an advocate of diversity. Now I'll touch on career growth first, okay? I always have conversations with my stakeholders and business partners. What do we expect out of this role? What projects are, are they going to be working on? Um, what's the career mobility looking like? What's the career trajectory, right? Mm -hmm. what's, I, I want to understand because if you cannot sell that job to me, I am not going to sell that to somebody else. I love it. And then on the diversity piece, because um, I, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but I'm truly passionate about giving an equal opportunity to all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. So whether you identify as persons with disabilities, whether you are black, white, uh, just, you know, in the BIPOC community, whoever you are, LGBTQ+, whatever you identify with, I am very passionate about making sure that everyone has an equal opportunity to these roles mm -hmm. because- I often feel that again, sometimes um, we we have we have our biases, we have our unconscious biases, and you know we we know who we know, and we'll only tap on who we know. But how can your business flourish? And this, I mean, this for entrepreneur work as well. How can your business flourish if you're only tapping into people that you know? Mm -hmm. Get people from the outside, you know, that are obviously trusted, and let them also um, help you drive those business solutions. Because when we all have different ideas at the table, that creates a better outcome. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. That's awesome. Okay, cool. So um, I actually had a question from a friend when I told him that I was going to be doing this interview with you. And mm -hmm. they're actually dealing with a little bit of drama at work. And their question was, and I think they kind of answered it themselves, but I would love to hear your, <laughs> your, your opinion as somebody in this particular position. People often say HR is not your friend. Is that true? Mary, this is a tough question to ask. It's a, uh, it's an answer rather. It's tough because just like people, we all deal with situations differently. Mm -hmm. And even though you might be mandated to tick off A, B, C, D, and E when you're dealing with an employee issue, that doesn't necessarily mean that's like you might do that, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. but what's your motive behind it right like are you how are you communicating to the employee are you passionate are you not are you just listening are you responsive like there's so many different factors Mm -hmm. that would make an employee feel okay this person cares i've been in situations where you know i've contacted like you know another hr party to just disclose what i'm going through in the past and you know, sometimes it just felt like they were brushing me off, right? Mm. Like they didn't care about what I was going through and they were just trying to fulfill the call for the day. Um, but I think even if you're honest in those conversations, like I'm, I really need your help. And, you know, this is not something to be toyed around with. This is how I feel. It is the responsibility of the HR consultant or the HR representative to to be very considerate of your situation at hand. Mm-hmm. I know traditionally, again, like it, it hasn't really been like that, but everybody's different. So you're going to have people who are outgoing and willing to take on whatever you're sharing with them with, with high regard. And you're going to have others who just simply don't care. Right. Right. Like every other business. So unfortunately, and if I'm being candid in this podcast, it's not consistent. It's not. Mm-hmm. And that's why HR needs to hire people who actually care about people and not about um, themselves and just kind of getting hitting their quota for the day. Right. But I am I am very, very proud um, and confident to say that at RBC, we do have representatives that care for the people. Um, I wouldn't be in HR if that wasn't the case. And and I'm glad that I'm even in this space to help that narrative. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I think just even having you on today and, and even you just describing what human resources should be, I think you've debunked a lot of people's notions yeah. of, of it as a career, of it as a, I guess, a department, because oftentimes like people understand it to be this kind of like, I don't know, I, I, I've had a perception of it to be something quite daunting. Um, but in just hearing you talk about it, it's, it's obvious like it's something that is very helpful and important. So that's awesome. And and I'm glad that you were able to kind of clarify that for us. So thank you. Um, another question, is it true that there's always room for negotiation? And I guess this is more so a question for employees. And if so, what are things that employees should consider, Um, when trying to negotiate? I just came out of a workshop called I Am Remarkable by Google. And it was phenomenal. It it was me and a couple other women from work. Mm -hmm. And I will say this, 100% of women, okay, will not apply for a job, even if they qualify for some of those uh, criteria. 60% of men will, though. They will, because they're more confident and they know that they'll be able to um, acquire the position. So this almost the same narrative when it comes to negotiation, they're confident that, you know, they would be able to slide in uh, that case. Whereas a female would be like, okay, you know what? I got this opportunity. Let me just take it and leave. Not negotiating your salary should not be an option. You should always have the option to, to negotiate. I will say though, um, again, to each their own, but Sometimes negotiation can be looked down on, but if you know your value and you know your worth, you go in, but you got to go in with your facts and a case to prove why this negotiation is necessary. And that's okay. Yeah, that's so important. Well, thank you for, again, uh, kind of clarifying that. I think I was reading an article where they were talking about how oftentimes women don't actually ever attempt to like negotiate on yeah. average. And yeah. 
it just kind of made me think like how much money is potentially sitting there on the table that women are kind of leaving behind because um, either there's a fear or they just don't feel valued enough. And I think I would say the same happens for a lot of people that are kind of uh, just like starting work. I, I even think about myself when I started my job and just kind of being like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful that I actually have a job. We're not going to ask any questions, sign the contract and keep it moving. I think that that tends to be the narrative for a lot of people. So I think it, it is really important to kind of uh, have those pieces and those conversations and just letting people know and understand. Um, so I guess my my very last question for you is, is there anything about um, being a, a recruiter or uh, your role or even just your overall work experience um, in human resources that you would like to share with us? Lessons you've learned, um, any advice you'd like to share with our listeners? Is there anything that you'd like to share? Um, I would definitely say that I know we hear about networking and networking is so good and networking is so great. That's because it's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, really polishing your profile on LinkedIn is so imperative mm -hmm. to create an, that first impression. I will say that HR has many pillars, right? It's like the overarching pillar of many things that we do. So you have people in talent strategy. So that's the area that I work in. You have people who do compensation, payroll, accounting, like that's their niche. You have those who actually deal with employees. So HR consultants, right. there's so many different areas. And in, in my specific area, HR IT, I deal with tech professionals, but I'm also dealing with technology projects. So not only am I looking for the best candidates for our lines of businesses within technology, but we're building projects to to ensure that we can we can enable programs and and also build traction for students and new grads to choose RBC as their employer of choice. Um, so those are so those are um, I guess a couple of facts that I wanted to put out there and and let everyone know that HR is not a scary place. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing place to work in. It is quite difficult to get in, I will say, because there's a lot of credentials and work experience that that needs to be acquired before you might be successful for a role in HR. But again, if you use your networking power and your networking tools, maybe that opportunity can present itself to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, we've reached the end of our episode before we do go. I do want to ask you this because we are now officially in stage three, I think of the governments, yes. the provincial governments, like opening up plan. What are, what are some things you plan to do this weekend? Oh, <laughs> actually I was planning to go up North, but I'm not sure if I'm going to do that anymore. I want to keep safe. I want to continue keeping safe fair. in smaller environments. So um, I'm excited. What about you? Uh, this weekend, honestly, I've been I've been very like <laughs> when it comes to Corona, minding my business, staying in my house. So just going to keep doing that. Um, maybe yeah. walk around the neighborhood, keep my distance, wear my mask, all of that good stuff. But I don't know. The weather's nice outside. So regardless of where I'm at, like as long as I can go outside and take a bit of a breather, then I'm good. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, Amazing. That's awesome. yeah. So before you do head out, though, Betsy, if there is anybody that may have questions for you or maybe they are interested in contacting you in the most professional way possible, maybe they want to get to know a little bit about your new business. Um, can you tell us uh, the best uh, mediums and best ways for us to get in contact with you? Yes, absolutely. I love meeting new people. Uh, so you can certainly contact me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Betsy. So B-E-T-S-Y space D 
and then period. That's my initial, my last name initial. So uh, just contact me, send me a message. I'm pretty good with responding on time, but if I don't get your message right away, please know that I will get it, get to it eventually. And thank you for your messages in advance. And thank you for this podcast. Oh, thank thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Like I said, you debunked a whole bunch of things that I thought about HR. You've answered so many awesome questions. I feel like I've learned so much. And I know our listeners, um, whether they're small business owners, whether they're students, whether they're people that are currently working in, in jobs and maybe want to change, have learned so much about adaptability, about the tech industry, and about recruitment in general. So thank you so, so, so much for sharing all of your expertise with us. We really appreciate it. It is my sincere pleasure. Thank you. Okay, awesome. Well, until next time, you have a good one. Stay safe.